homily for the third Sunday of Easter. St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks, May 1st, 2022. Before I begin, just a note that at our two morning Masses this Sunday, we will be honoring our school students and their families from Holy Family St. Mary's at the 8.30 a.m. liturgy and having special contributions from our public school religious ed elementary students during the 10.30 a.m. liturgy. My remarks will be oriented at times to these children in uh, attendance at our Masses. <clears throat> Today's first reading ended with the following sentence. The apostles left, rejoicing that they had been found worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. While I'm going to take a closer look at each of the readings we heard, I could speak for a long time on that statement alone. Think of the kinds of events in your life that would cause you to rejoice. Many of them involve the recognition and admiration of others. When you graduate from high school, you won't only be thinking of the commencement ceremony or the diploma you will receive as you walk across the stage. You'll also be thinking about the open house or party your family will hold in your honor. If you are called to get married, a crowd of invited guests will be there to witness your wedding and celebrate with you. The same would apply for young men being ordained as priests or ladies making their final profession of religious vows. Or how about this? If the Vikings should win the Super Bowl next February, it won't be in an empty stadium with no one watching. The world's largest TV audience of the whole year would see it. What's more, there would be a big parade in downtown Minneapolis with thousands of people standing outside in the cold and cheering at the top of their lungs. We can always dream, can't we? But as for suffering, not many people want to sign up for that in any context. My great-grandparents a hundred years ago had no choice but to live a much more primitive lifestyle, where even simple tasks were burdensome, from gathering water, to growing food in a garden, to traveling to the next town. If a time machine were to take us back to 1922, every single one of us would be shocked at what we find. We've gotten used to many advances in technology, whether we individually are considered rich or poor. Today's world makes a priority of pleasure and comfort. Remove either or both of those things from one's routine, and the personal effects will be devastating. Let's add this dimension we just heard of suffering dishonor for the sake of the holy name of Jesus. That's a whole other level of commitment because it attacks the vice of pride. All it takes is the threat of humiliation to undermine the honor we want to receive. Today's world tends to regard suffering in general as an ultimate evil to be avoided, worse even than sin. Suffering is to be avoided more than the plague, 
If a person is that sharply averse to any form of suffering here and now, what does it take for one to rise to the occasion and bear it with Jesus? For the apostles, the only answer that made sense was their love for Jesus. They loved him fiercely and would lay down their lives for him, the lamb who was slain and had laid down his life for them. To betray the Lord and to lose his gift of sanctifying grace was unthinkable. One might say that they were playing the long game. Beatings and persecutions were awful, as was the rejection of the Sanhedrin, but eternal life with the Holy Trinity was their call and destiny. No temporary reward was worth losing heaven. When our Lord asked Simon Peter three times, Do you love me? It was a sort of medicine to heal the three times on Holy Thursday night in the high priest's courtyard, when Peter denied even knowing Jesus, much less following and loving him. I think of it as analogous to how completing a penance given to us in confession makes up for the damage we cause by our sinfulness. One more point I want to bring up about this particular gospel reading. It might seem strange to us that John gave us that specific number of fish that they caught when Jesus directed them to put the net out on the other side of the boat. 153 fish. That number, scholars have concluded, must not be something coincidental. There has to be a meaning behind it. Well, St. Jerome, of whom we have a stained glass window in our church, had a theory about this. You may recall that he was the man who translated the scriptures into a single volume in the Latin language. And as he was doing research, he found that Greek scientists at the time of Christ believed that there was a total of 153 species of fish. Now, of course, there are many, many more than that. But the fact that that was the precise number they identified at that point tells us that there is a certain symbolism to the number that we find in today's gospel. In other words, everyone is meant to be within the church, just as all of those fish were in the net, and that the net did not break, meaning also that the Lord is caring for all of his people and wishes to provide a place for them in heaven. Now, the key ingredient, as I mentioned a moment ago, for the first disciples is love. When we love ourselves more than we love Christ, we will not put ourselves at risk for him. Jesus will have to cater to my preferences, not the other way around. Adults who become parents will often say that they never thought they could love anyone as deeply as they love their children. They will do heroic things for their children without hesitation if they are ill or in distress. And these deeds won't seem heroic to them. They would say, it's just what you do for someone who has captured your heart. The collect, or the opening prayer of today's Mass, began with a sentence that really grabbed my attention. 
May your people exult forever, O God, in renewed youthfulness of spirit. The participation of our young people in today's Mass warms our hearts. Passing on the gift and example of faith to the next generation is what it's all about. There is no more important investment that we make. The evil one, however, offers them only fear and lies. He'll try his darndest to disguise them, but that's all he has. We, on the other hand, have joy and true freedom when we choose to be disciples of Christ. We may very well have to suffer dishonor for the sake of his name, but the world's dangers will pass away. Amen.